Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com, who is literally phoning it in today because your computer was just being wonky. So you're on your phone today. Right. I am on my phone in case I sound different to everybody. Hopefully, I don't sound different. I don't just think so. Just in case. No. Okay. I sound different to me because I have noise canceling um, earbuds in. Uh, so it just sounds like you and I chatting. It sounds like we're doing like a personal call. Yeah. Well, I always think like uh, people who are making podcasts think too much of how high quality the podcast is. But I think the listeners are just mm-hmm. like, oh, can I at least audibly make out what you're saying? Great. Okay. Well, it's like, well, it's free content. Yeah. I think I got one yeah. review on mine that was like, oh, quality sound. And I'm like, but you. But, you know, you also can't control what circumstances other people have. Yeah, totally. I think most people are pretty understanding. Like, you, you, you want to get audio file on a podcast. It's like, uh, I mean, I could hire an editor and somebody that would be really good at making this thing sound great. But realistically, then it's like, well, it's not really feasible, is it, a lot of the time. So I, I find most people are like, I, I, I always thought podcasting was kind of like guerrilla radio in a way like you're just doing your own thing mm-hmm. and like right I, I, if people get too upset about quality i'm like i think you should probably go listen to something on spotify that's probably there's <laughs> right there's always going to be a critic yeah always that's true too yeah uh yeah there's always a critic like uh emily emily gilmore she's a critic right. <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of emily in these two episodes yeah lots of emily uh which... I think more emily than we ever had per minute I Before. think so. We definitely were uh, getting a lot of Emily this episode. And you know what? All the more for it. I love Emily. Mm-hmm. She's great. Uh, and uh, Bishop's a good actress, you know? Yeah. And I, I think she's one of my favorite characters in the show, so I'm never one to complain if we get tons of her in an, an episode or two. So. And the way it's played is just is she never does it over the top. And that's a no. character that you could easily go over the top. Oh, for sure. I mean, she doesn't have a mustache to twirl, but she could if she wanted to. Uh, before oh, we, yeah. <laughs> before I we process that, my brain. <laughs> you're like, but wait, she, uh, does she have a mustache? <laughs> I should ask how's the weather your way, even though I know it's going to be better than mine. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily better. It's sunny and it's um, hot. It's 87 degrees, so it probably feels like it's 90 maybe outside okay so you probably have nicer weather is it rainy there uh it's like slightly overcast like the sun's kind of peeking through and yeah it's around well it's 15 degrees celsius which is 59 degrees fahrenheit so is that pretty normal for this time of year yeah we usually average around like 15 to 20 degrees celsius okay so it's pretty standard for us like it's it's starting to be short weather um mm-hmm. or shorts weather although you can tell when somebody's like moved here from another country and one that's like a warmer climate because they'll be walking around and i'll be wearing shorts and a t-shirt and they're wearing a parka and you're like mm. that would be me <laughs> if you, were, like, but... you ever seen a lenny kravitz picture where he's wearing a blanket as a scarf that would be me <laughs> oh yeah well it's, I, I think it's just because some people come from a country that's like a lot warmer and they come here and for them yeah 15 degrees celsius is cold but for us it's like yeah, let's break out those shorts. Let's go party in the park. Well, I can't really party right. in the park these days, but you know what I mean. Um, um, yeah, it's, unless you're socially distant. Yeah. 
Uh, it, but, you know, speaking of parties, you know who had a party this episode, uh, which is the 16th episode of season two, there's the rub, is uh, Emily and uh, Lorelai. They had a little little party, uh, which <laughs> didn't go too well. Uh, you know, typical oh, uh, like Emily. Like the Spavis as a party or the dancing well, they... with Helen and kind of party? Yeah, well, they went to that forty sixty bar, and that was not quite uh, that wasn't quite the party. But also, too, I guess uh, Rory had a party too, and that didn't go well because sort of, yeah. <laughs> the world, you know, I I just think like as the show keeps going, they're like, hey, do you hate Dean? Because we can make you hate him more if you really want, and then they just keep throwing <laughs> more things for us to hate Dean about. Ugh. Yeah, Dean, Dean was insufferable in this episode. First off, I'm going to rant before I, I forget about this, oh, okay. but okay. first off, he was told he shouldn't come to Rory's place. So she already put up barriers saying, you know, please just, like, leave me alone for the night. Right. Then he starts coming over, and she's already put up barriers saying, hey, I don't want you to come over. He still come, keeps right. on coming over. And then he comes over, and then he gets mad that Jess was there when he wasn't even invited in the first place. It's like, no, there's some boundary issues. And, you know, the bad boy, you usually want to stay away from the bad boy. I mean, I know that we're talking about how um, Dust can also be the bad boy, but Dean's had some controlling behavior that is not okay. Jess is very easygoing. And he, he he's likes also to... a troublemaker, though, too. Yeah. I mean, he's not perfect, but I think he, you know, and we also found out, well, we'll, we'll get into this in the episode, but like. The fact that, like, he was also, you know, lying a little bit, too, because, you know, you find out that, you know, in the episode, they make it seem like Luke sent over a care package, but Luke had nothing to do with it. It was all. You know, Luke didn't do that. You know, that just didn't even make any sense. I've seen the episode and part of me when I was rewatching it, I'm like, oh, it's nice of Luke to send it over. I totally forgot that Jess actually just manipulated that. But yeah, I guess it does kind of make sense that he would. But, you know. I think you're 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 kind of thinking like, oh, I could totally see Luke just being like, Jess, take this over. You got to do this. Like, I wouldn't. Like, I didn't. I mean, Luke is great. I really like Luke, but I, I don't know. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's known Rory since she was little. Yeah. And I don't think that he would be worried about how she's doing. Yeah. But not enough to send an entire thing of food because he she probably he probably figures that she can eat on her own. You know, I mean, she's pretty independent. Or even have her um, just come over to the diner or something. Like the the delivery right. thing was like a little weird, but yeah, no, I, I totally when he got into the house. I, I got a little fooled. I was I gotta admit, I was like, yeah, that's nice that Luke sent that over. And then by the end, I was like, oh yeah, right, Jess is a little trickster sometimes. Well, now I want to watch it again to see if I notice any um, acting with Mila Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia? I feel like I need to practice it every time. Oh, he, um, he's got a poker tip face. tip off whether he does? Okay. Yeah, he's got a poker face. I don't, I don't feel like I know when he's, you know, uh, playing around there. So um, that's, that's part of the tricky part, right, is that you yeah. just don't know. <clears throat> but uh, to kind of go through the... The quick little plot synopsis of this episode. Emily and Lorelai go to a spa for the weekend. At first, Emily, uh, you know, asks Lorelai if she wants to go. And then she kind of invites herself to to come along. But it's so the same this time. is why you don't when narcissists ask you if you have plans, you ask them first or anybody. You say, why? What's going on? Yeah. 
I, always, I, mean, I, I usually ask that, but I think mm-hmm. sometimes, even if they're not narcissists, I'm always like, what's the context of this? Like, I, I can't Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, them. like I said, that's smart to do with anybody. Because yeah. um, I really, when people say, hey, what are you doing? I've got something. I'm like, well, what is it? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, Lorelai could have said no to her mother, but also I think there's, I think Lorelai's got a little bit of fear of what happens when she says no to Emily. Yeah. And I think, too, and I'm sure Lorelai recognizes in a way that this is Emily's attempts at, like, trying to, like, bond with her. And, right. I mean, despite their differences, I think Lorelai does want to, you know, give into that and let Emily get closer to her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, it's one of those things with Emily where it doesn't last long before she starts getting a little snippy. So. Right. And Which, here's where we also figure out from Lorelai's mouth how she views her relationship with Rory and she's her best friends first mother and daughter second yeah. so you get to see more of that which which you know has its has its issues yeah yeah it's not exactly a perfect relationship and uh you know we she paints it as such but i think we see sometimes where you know sometimes Rory needs We're a mom to... and not a friend right Rory's parentified yeah, yeah. um but yeah, uh, basically, you know, they they kind of make a trip together. Oh, that person definitely liked this episode. Uh, <laughs> what? And huh? I was joking because someone was honking their horn, so I was. Joking. Oh, oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, anyways, Rory uh, decides. You know what? I'm gonna have a night to myself. Uh, you know, order in some Indian food and relax. But then, uh, Paris shows up and Jess shows up and then yeah Dean shows up and just kind of ruins it and Paris who you know Paris is a kind of you know more or less kind of been antagonistic towards Rory mm-hmm. off and on there's moments where you think she's nice this was I think the first time where Paris was like just genuinely nice and did something helpful and kind for Rory, which was mm-hmm. basically taking the, the fall for, for the, yeah, right. for, for just right. being over, which um, it was nice for her to do also completely unnecessary. Cause who gives a, who cares why Dean was, or uh, Jess was over there. It doesn't matter why, but still, it was nice that she, she took the uh, brunt of that for Rory. So. You also get more of an idea of why Paris is the way she is. Um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit in that um, with the dinner, mm-hmm. the dinner at the inn where the people cancel because of the weather. Um, so you you see that she has basically raised herself, or she's raised by her nanny, mm-hmm. um, and that she's not allowed to eat macaroni and cheese, which we don't know why. Um, but <laughs> which is kind of strange because it's so delicious, <laughs> right? Like mac- macaroni and cheese. Like, what's wrong with that? But. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, she she changes, you know, you, you see a little bit about, you know, she changes into somebody that Rory could like. Mm-hmm. And that's really neat. Yeah. Um, and and you also see them connect and that. I guess that that Paris, um, you see a little bit more of why she is the way she is, that she hasn't really been well socialized. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, both Paris and then Rory are both very driven. They're both individuals mm-hmm. who are very motivated and very intellectual. And both have social issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities with them. And I think it's interesting that, like, 
the show, uh, you know, paints them oftentimes as antagonistic, but when you look at them, they have a lot in common, and more so than anybody else at the school. I mean, Louise and Madeline are both pretty, you know, absent-minded people, not really on the level. They got their own stuff going on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's interesting that, like, they're really similar, and you could see them being friends, but you could also see where maybe, you know, egos... Yeah, mm-hmm. egos and stuff get in the way, especially more so on Paris' side. I don't think Rory's really got right. enough of an ego that she would be that antagonistic to Paris. But, but I can see Paris, you know, Paris's thing is about winning. Yeah. And Rory is a direct competition to her. Yeah. Like, I don't think Madeline and What's-Her-Face are. No. But no. But Rory is. Whenever I so see... it's nice to see a change. Okay. Whenever I see Madeline and Louise, I wonder how they even got into that school because it seems like such a like you have to really be top of your class, and they don't seem necessarily top right. of your class. Well, so. I think didn't want to didn't want to address that about the money that they donated, the family donated, or something. I can't That's remember what exactly. It. But it's just kind of funny because I'm watching. Or am I like, just making that up? I don't. It's probably a money thing because I'm like, mm-hmm. they don't really seem like the type of people that would necessarily make it into the school. So. Mm-hmm. I need I need an explainer. How did Madeline Louise get into the school there? So maybe somebody's got inside info on that. Yeah, but I like the whole little um, date thing that they talked about. Like, oh, we have a date on Friday, and then they've got like they keep going in a circle about it. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. But that's their life, right? Like that's that's the important stuff to them. Yeah. Now, granted that Paris is flipping out about an A minus, um, but and that's not healthy. No. So everybody's got their issues on the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a uh, little bit of a issue arises when Dean finds out that Jess is there, but again, uh, Paris takes the brunt of it and really helps defuse the situation. Uh, meanwhile, Lorelai and Rory are uh, at their spa weekend, but also too, uh, they decide to go out for dinner at a a bar that they find out is like a 40 60 bar meaning like 40 year olds get hit on by 60 year olds and uh there's a funny moment where Lorelai's like i think you're passing for a 40 year old to emily i thought it was pretty funny because she's like no but then the guy was looking at her so and that's how linda which i know a lot of listeners may not know but he was in the show called barney miller where he was um he was a police officer detective and so that was kind of nice to see him because I didn't know that he was acting and he's, he's still alive too. Oh, awesome. he's in his eighties or almost 90. Um, okay. so yeah, that's actually a really famous actor. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm sure not a lot of people, but the show is Barney Miller. Okay. So. I didn't know that personally. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. I, I like too that, you know, they were actually getting along quite well for a good part of the episode with, right. um, you know, the whole idea that, uh, they're basically in their own way kind of figuring each other out, you know, like, you know, and they're having fun. They're ordering the shrimp cocktail and the steak and mm-hmm. they're having fun. And I think uh, what happened was, is that Lorelai pushed Emily to the point where she was uncomfortable. And that's when she started to lash out. So, I think that, I think that, that, um, um, Emily started having a good time. Oh yeah, she was having a great time. Some feelings, and then she flipped out and ran. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing I've noticed with Emily on a few occasions. She seems to let loose, and then she kind of pulls back. Like, no, because it's not appropriate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, 
she ends up dancing with this guy. She makes a big deal out of it, which I don't know if, I mean, maybe you can elaborate on it. Do you think somebody dancing with someone aside from their partner is really that big of a deal? Because I didn't think it really was, but I don't know. Maybe. I think it depends on their relationship. Um, I think it's something that couples need to talk about ahead of time mm. and be on the same page with. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like, um, you know, and also keep in mind, too, that Emily's got a certain set of etiquette that Rory or Lorelai doesn't necessarily subscribe to. Yeah. So it may be that Emily realized that her, like, kind of um, her moral framework or whatever, he had kind of violated that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think she started feeling attracted to somebody and had a good time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think my issue was is that Lorelai kept pushing when Emily was clearly uncomfortable. But I think for, for Lorelai, sometimes that's like a green light for her to keep pushing. Yeah. So I, I think that was part of it. For sure. And I think uh, Lorelai thinks that she's close to finding the Emily that she wants, but not realizing that, like, Emily has her limits. So as you push her to maybe, point, like, yeah. get her to what you think is her comfort zone, you're actually pushing her out of her, her comfort zone. So Right. Yeah, I, good point. Yeah, I, I, That's what I was kind of getting, picking up on was, okay, mm -hmm. It, they're basically one's thinking, oh, I'm getting them into their comfort zone. The other's like, no, I'm not at all. So, well, I think when he automatically started slow dancing with her and putting his face next to hers, you could see her kind of panic. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and again, that depends on the couple. Yeah. But also, also, too, in the COVID times, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting when you watch stuff now? You're like, why are those people so close without wearing masks? Yeah. 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 So, I think it's going to be a while before we get out of that mindset. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she got, I, I think he was getting too close and mm. she was having a good time and probably she realized, wait a second. Um, and yeah, like you said, like she was out of her comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, she was being what Lorelai wanted her to be and she was not okay with that. Yeah. But okay. she did overreact. She yeah. Overreacted big time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, when they were in the room and they're talking later, you know, Emily calmed down a little bit, but you could also tell she kind of was acknowledging that like, yeah, there were, there were some mistakes made, but then there's a little bit of a moment where, yeah, Emily starts to ask, why don't we have what you and Rory have? And Lorelai goes into, you know, the relationship she has with Rory and you kind of find out more about the dynamic including Emily saying that, you know, for her, you know, your mother, your daughter is not your friend. Like she doesn't think of it that way. So, right. uh, yeah. And then, uh, they end up stealing some robes, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny. And then, and then Lorelai is kind of pushing her to do it. And then you find out that Emily on the way out tried to return it. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, again, they have different ideas of what is right and yeah. wrong. It doesn't mean that their ideas are right and wrong. It just means that they have very different sets of values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe they're also a lot alike, too. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, for for Emily, too, like, you know, that, again, was probably pushing her out of her comfort zone. But, you know, mm -hmm. she seemed to go along with it for a bit. But, yeah, you know, I don't know if she actually returned it. They say they, they, she caught her. Tried she tried to. Return to. It. She caught, right. She tried to return it. Yeah. I, I I wonder if she actually returned or if she like ended up just keeping it. I need I need to know these answers. Does Emily keep the robe? Um, right. 
the the important things that we need to know. Um, well, and then, and then the, you know, Lorelai runs an inn, and she's basically mm-hmm. says, her mother goes, well, I really love this rose. She goes, yeah, because it's been worn like 20 times. You know, so yeah. it's like, here's Lorelai's kind of the expert on that, and Emily's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like she doesn't really give Lorelai the, the credit that she deserves with knowing about things, you know? Like, she kind of yeah. poo-poos it. Yeah. And it's like, of course she would know that. Mm-hmm. But I think to, to uh, Emily... Uh, Lorelai running the inn is not an honorable job. I think she still has an issue with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it gets to a lot of, like, that kind of... I want to say classism, but I guess it's maybe not entirely that. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems kind of adjacent to it if it's not that exactly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they don't really seem to fully resolve their issues, but I think they maybe are a little bit closer to understanding each other, mm-hmm. um, which I think is progress for them. Even if it is not right. the biggest progress, it's, it's still progress. So. Well, and, and Lorelai made an overture to her and said, you know, how about we start with smaller things? Yeah. And work our way up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good, good momentum on the Emily-Lorelai uh, relationship, which... You know, we think of Gilmore Girls, we think of Rory and Lorelai, but I like when the show also goes, well, the Gilmore Girls are also Emily and Lorelai, too, because they are, yeah, as Emily states, like, they should be the same. You know, their mother-daughter, they should get along, but obviously there's that little bit of uh, tension between them still, so. Right, which, again, you could say that maybe, um, we don't know yet um, how Lorelai was raised, Mm -hmm. but... There, it doesn't mean that the way Emily raised her is necessarily wrong. The idea of you need to be a parent first and a friend second. Yeah. Um, I, that there's there's nothing wrong with that either. I think it's the way no. it's done. I think if anything, my take on it is I imagine Lorelai rebelled like any other teenager would, and mm-hmm. it was not something that Emily and Richard were prepared to deal with. But I think the big thing for them, at least, and they've mentioned this a few times in the show, is uh, Lorelai leaving home to go live on her own. And I think for as much as people rebel, and people do rebel in their teenage years, I can imagine in any parental situation, your child leaving you to go live on their own and taking your uh, granddaughter with them could Mm -hmm. be very, you know, hard to stomach because... Or shameful. Yes. So I, you know, the show does a great job of letting you understand what Emily and Richard are thinking too. And in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, they're totally fair and reasonable in thinking what they think. Because, you know, to have your daughter leave home and take your your granddaughter with, the, with them, it, you know, when you're offering them a, a clean and safe home and all that, you know, it, I could see right. where it could definitely put a lot of tension, so... I'm assuming we're going to get more into that as the show goes on. They may do some flashbacks and stuff. Um, I think it's actually... Yeah, and maybe she didn't want to marry Christopher, and that's what started all this, and we don't know. Yeah. I think it definitely is a central point in the show, not just in, like, one season in particular, but throughout the entire show is, you know, that tension between them and, you know, how that all obligation versus... Right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as the episode ends, uh, we do find out that, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, Luke that sent over the care package. Much to my nope. surprise, but it was, uh, <laughs> Jess, so. Yep. Yeah. Who did a really nice job. Yeah. Yeah. He brought a lot of food over. 
yeah, it was really kind of him. And, and, and he brought enough that he could eat some of it, too. So, yeah, that worked out well for him. He's no dummy. It's weird that, like, on paper, he's a liar. He, he like, plays pranks. Right. He's not exactly, like, somebody that would be likable. But then when you watch him, you're like, well, he is kind of doing nice things. I mean, yeah, he does some things that are a little, you know, like taking the bracelet, uh, you know, a while back there. Or, or just having a good time. What was he playing basketball while Lou's got the diner all in disarray? I think that's the next episode. And Rory kind of calls him on it a few times. Yeah. So. So I mean, he's got he's got some issues. Yeah, but he's got these moments where he actually genuinely cares for people, primarily Rory, I think. But uh, yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. it's pretty much pretty much the uh, episode Uh, in a nutshell. Um, let's see here, uh, questions. We do have one question from Dylan. Dylan says, do you ever think that, uh, Paris would ever get together with, uh, Jess? When she mentioned it, it seemed like it actually could be happening. This is my first time watching the show, so I, so I don't know how it pans out, but do you think the two could actually get together? Oh, why not? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. (laughs) I mean, I think... But you never know, right? You never know. Yeah, I think... I mean, I... they're having a good discussion about beat poets. That is true. I, yeah, now that you mentioned, I totally forgot they had that chemistry scene. I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. I, I just think, for for right now, at least, evaluating right now, not getting into, like, the future of the show, Jess is so fixated on Rory. I don't think he's probably thinking of any other girl right now. He's so fixated on Rory. And I also think that for Jess, he likes what he doesn't have. And I think the idea that ah, yeah. for, for him, Paris would probably be, if he asked Paris out, she would probably say yes, and he would probably take her out. But he He's he wants the challenge, I think. And I think that's, right, right. this may be holding him back. But maybe, mm. maybe there will be a Jess-Paris relationship in the show's future. Um, wow. Favorite performance this episode? I like Paris. Usually Paris, I I think that this time she got some really good writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that the B poets interchange was really good. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say Paris this time. Emily, not so much. This is my first time. I haven't really liked Emily's acting. I did like the the um, cameo by the uh, vicious trollop lipstick. Oh yeah, that was which great. there are some makeup brands that do name lipstick names that are that are creative. Yeah, um, and other stuff. Uh, so, and who knows? That might be a real product. I didn't look it up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I say Paris. What about you? Uh, man, there's a lot of good ones in this episode. I I think it's either Emily or Lorelai, and I <laughs> want to say probably Lorelai because I think she really did a good job of like kind of playing Lorelai as like exacerbated but also there's still mm-hmm. that like semblance of love for her mother so I think she mm-hmm. really played that well and I, I just thought that was a good performance but there was a lot I would of agree mm-hmm. uh, yeah this is one of my, my more favorite episodes more favorites not word or a phrase more favorable one of my favorite episodes yeah hmm? that, oh that yeah too. yeah yeah there you go that sounds like a um, least favorite performance Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Dean is because he exists. Um, 
I would also say that Hal Linden, the, the guy that she danced with, that was also one of my best, my favorite performances. Again, yeah, there's somebody that shows up and just can steal the whole show. Yeah. Um, but uh, worst performance, I'd probably say Dean. It's not fair, but there it is. I just, I mean, the way they play them, it's like, you're just so unwanted. I mean, the writing is good because you really don't like him. Yeah. Right? That guy could be like super nice guy. And yeah. and he's got that, you know, he's going to have to fight that the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, being Dean. Oh, yeah. And he's played other stuff, too. He's pretty good at him. But, yeah, Dean, Dean is, uh, yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I think what I didn't like was there was really nothing for him to get that upset about, but he was just flying off the rails. And I'm like, in front of somebody else too. I mean, that's the other thing too. When, when your partner is not afraid to get into something in front of other people, Mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Yeah. I think I would have appreciated a little more if he had like been nice to Rory and Paris, but then when it was like him and Jess, he maybe gets like more hostile with Jess, like something to show Mm -hmm. that he can be like manipulative and stuff but like right now as he is he's a little too just like first sight of anything he doesn't like he just gets upset and huffy and i'm like i don't i don't there's not a lot of nuance to his performance he's just upset a lot and it just kind of gets annoying after a while so i mean they could have done more with him yeah Uh, we don't know anything about his home life or anything like that that would have been interesting um you know why he's into the donna reed stuff um and then you know watching uh watching what's his face uh with rory at the um you know rehearsing romeo and juliet where he had to be there watching yeah i think it would be interesting not to like totally rewrite the character of show that much but like it would have been interesting if we see a like a double side of the coin with him like you see him being nice with rory and lorelei and other characters but with others he's being a little more malicious and rude too Mm -hmm. you know like we see the side of him that Rory sees, but we also see the side of him that like other characters see and you realize it's the same person. But with this, it's like they, they don't have that nuance. It's just, he's Mm -hmm. just like, he's just that way with pretty much everyone around. It's just like furniture. Yeah. You know, it's just like, he just shows up to stuff and there's not a lot of substance behind it. Yeah. Which I can see why they don't get too much into it because Mm -hmm. you know, other characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it would be nice to have some kind of background. I'd like to know about what his family life was like. Yeah. Or does that play into the possessiveness at all? Yeah. I think they've kind of played it up like he's got a very like traditional home life, like mom and dad and sister mm-hmm. and all that. Like and I'm sure for him, like, he has very traditional views of what a family should be. Like, even that Donna Reed episode, like, was a very good indicator of that. He he mm-hmm. doesn't seem to uh take too much to the idea that like someone can you know be independent do their own thing like he, he seems to be very old school in a not so great way so oh he did talk about his mom didn't he and that she she stayed home and had dinner ready for them or something didn't she didn't yeah. he say that in a previous episode yeah yeah so. which there's nothing wrong with that that's great but i think it the problem is when you can't expand past that no or if you expect everybody to have that same relationship with with men in their lives that's right that's like and that. and let's consider still he's 17 so yeah you know There's but some of that behavior is not okay even no. at 17 i mean no. i think we need to look at abusive behavior is abusive behavior regardless of how old the person is yeah 
Uh, and and still, I'm, I'm really surprised at how much they have Lorelai kind of defending his behavior in other episodes. Exactly. That's um, where I kind of run into issues with this is like they paint him as this great boyfriend. Like Lorelai says to uh, Emily and Richard how great Dean is and to other people. And I'm like, wait, are we looking at the same guy? Right. <laughs> I think Richard's probably got the most honest take on what Dean's like. and Right. You know, so. And even then, Richard was quiet once Dean kind of stood up to him. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. didn't see Richard this episode. I always miss Richard. No Richard, episode. unfortunately. I wonder if Emily went to the spa to get away from Richard. I, You know what? I needed that. I needed her to just be like, I need a break from Richard for a bit. So. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um. Okay. Favorite reference. I like the J.D. Salinger one where she's um, where Rory just wants to have some time alone. And she says, something like, yeah, like, you know, it worked for J.D. Salinger. J.D. Yeah. Salinger wrote Catcher in the Rye and then kind of disappeared from public sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he wrote another book. Yeah. Did, no, he wrote Franny and Zoe, didn't he? I think he wrote Franny and Zoe. I don't know that um, one personally. I think, yeah, I think he wrote that. So, uh, but yeah, that's what. That's what she's talking about. Is that JD Sounds were catching the Ryan and just kind of went away. Okay. Um, my favorite was Jess when he says when he's talking to Dean and he says, You're you're doing that towering over me thing, huh? I tell you, you've really got that down. It helps that you're twelve feet tall, but this Frankenstein scowl really adds to the whole and then he gets cut off. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yep. I like the whole Frankenstein reference, but you know, Jess throws up some pretty good references, so mm-hmm. And that's uh, why it's so fun listening to him talk about the beat poets. Yeah, you know, that they both knew what that, what even that was. You mm-hmm. know, and um, just that they could have like this little chat about it. Yeah, I really like that scene. Yeah. Um, favorite quote. All I had to do was move a decimal point, and none of this would have happened. I mean, that's that's just like the futility of life, right? That Paris is talking about, you know, how she. So inappropriately so, her dad had her run numbers on how much it would cost to get divorced. So here, so this is really inappropriate that her parents would evolve her this way. Yeah. So I think this explains a lot of her character. So she ran numbers to see how much it would cost if they got divorced. And so she's ready for them to get divorced because, you know, she's been through all this and they've already, you know, went to separate houses and stuff. And I guess whatever number they came up with, the dad decided it wasn't worth the cost and so he moved back into the house and i think it's just a good quote about the futility of things sometimes that you think things are going to work out and they just don't it's just due to some small circumstance so she had just moved a decimal point Mm -hmm. yeah that was kind of like there's some lines that paris says that when you think on it you're like that's kind of messed up (laughs) yeah i mean she's kind of messed up yeah you don't have your kids crunch numbers for you no as to how much a divorce is going to cost. So, I mean, I think they really did a good job in the episode just explaining why Pierce is the way she is. Yeah. Uh, and she but, was socially doing okay with Jess. Yeah. Like, they were on the same wavelength, so. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was when Emily says, doesn't seem right to eat dinner when your feet aren't touching the floor. That just <laughs> seemed to really capture Emily in a nutshell. If her feet aren't right. touching the floor, she ain't comfortable. I really like that they dished the spa and went to a steakhouse, though. Yeah. That was great. I mean, as you do, steakhouses can be fun times, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Emily had a good time. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Uh, oh, well, let's see. Behind the scenes, tri behind the scenes trivia. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, so apparently when Paris was talking to her nanny before, she has said that her um, nanny is Portuguese, but she was speaking Spanish. You're not speaking Portuguese. Yeah. She right. Was speaking Spanish. But in the past, they've said that her nanny is Portuguese. So it doesn't quite make sense. Unless she knows Spanish, but it, too. But well, Unless she's not talking to nanny, she's talking to somebody else in the household. I thought she... Yeah, I was under the assumption, assumption it was the nanny. Because... Oh, okay. I'm thinking, like, who else does Paris call? It doesn't seem like she calls her you parents. Would, you would think that the actress would be like, Hey, um, last time I spoke Portuguese... Uh, don't you want me to do that? And maybe she did, and they were like, no, just go with this. This is what's in the script, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, all right. And then uh, Emily says that she doesn't dance, but uh, it, it seems like some kind yeah. of like reference because Kelly Bishop in real life is a Broadway a actress. A, so. And won a Tony the same year that the uh, man that played, um, uh, what's Emily's husband's name? <laughs> Richard. Richard, she won a Tony the same year he did for two different shows, mm. but they both won a Tony the same year. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and yeah, you can tell why you know she knows how to dance. Yeah, when she was um, dancing with that guy. So, yeah, even like when she was modeling on the runway a few episodes back, she was she was moving around. She had the dance moves. She, yeah, she's got a good sense of of where her body is in space. If that makes sense, did she mm -hmm. see a lot of dancers? Like they know how to walk and they know placement and stuff so yeah you could tell that you probably didn't need a lot of rehearsal before she did that dance either no. i mean it just seemed very natural definitely all right any other mental health observations i know we covered a lot of the emily and uh, lorelei dynamic and dean of course right well i i think it's interesting the whole um thing about lorelei you know she's she gets upset with her mother but then she changed the entire day around so that they would not even see each other and, you know, I, and I, and then Emily changed it back, you know, and yeah. there's something a little dishonest about that. I, I get it that she doesn't want to hang around with her mom, mm -hmm. but I thought that was kind of underhanded to change it around. Yeah. Um, but you also get kind of why, and it's because she really hasn't hung out with her mom and just doesn't particularly like her. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that their dynamic is one, that I think they probably have more in common than they think. Yeah. And maybe we'll get into that in future episodes. I think and so. I think we've seen we've seen some of that come out mm -hmm. when when uh, Lorelai gets mad. She's got a little bit of Emily to her. Yeah, she can get a little Emily like, mm -hmm. you know, I think she's she's very similar to Emily, except she's a little bit more casual. Well, she's a lot more casual than Emily. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, she gets things done and she kind of, you know, can control the room if she needs to. So, mm -hmm. right. Um, yeah. I think it's time to rate this episode. What would you give this episode a score of? I think it's an 8.5. What do okay. you think? I'm going to give it a 9. This is one of my favorites. Wow. This is one of the better ones, yeah. I think, so what was it about it? I think what you what works about it is you get the just, well, Paris and Rory and the whole Emily and Lorelai. And their storylines are very similar, but they kind of go par parallel to each other. But they're both mm -hmm. two people who haven't really understood each other starting to kind of understand each other and right. help each other out and it's small progress but for these two conflicts that we've had for most of the run of the show so far it's nice that they start to go well you know what these people can get along these people can find ways to mm -hmm. like each other uh it 
to me gets to the positivity of the show and like the show is not constantly like other shows like yeah people don't like each other blah 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 like in this people have conflicts but people are also working to resolve it and move forward which i think is a great right. message so i don't know i just like that about the show and about this episode in general that mm-hmm. it shows that people can move past conflict and you know right. may- maybe not everyone looking at you dean but uh yeah <laughs> i was gonna say dean <laughs> Dean just goes conflict. Oh, great. I'm going to dive right in. Um, right. But yeah. Well, what she did when Jess was fighting with the guy, right? He, like, kind of stepped in. Yeah. At the school. That was, like, several episodes back. But, yeah, he does. He gets right into it. Yeah. All oh, right. Dean. Yeah. Oh, Dean is right. Well, yeah. Dean. Dean's not always the most likable character. And I still find it hard to see what the show sees in him. Because, again, they, they seemingly paint him as, like, not a terrible person. But I'm like, I don't know. He's got, like, a lot of issues. Especially... Well, maybe that's part of it is that the audience knows that yeah. he's got some issues. You're just kind of waiting to see what everybody else is going to figure it out. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, yeah. Uh... You can find stuff over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talking Brains is the podcast. I'm over at threegreenerds.com where we've got content going up almost every other day. And uh, yeah, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.